Welcome back to 2020, everybody. It's the second week of Potline League. It's so exciting to be here. It's episode 105. Once again, just a flawless ent enter entrance into the show. No tech issues whatsoever. So excited to get into this. Uh, shout out to Alienware for sponsoring the show. We're going to talk about them later. But I'm very excited, first off, to uh, to bring back my constant co-host for the 105th episode. Uh, Where'd I go? We weren't sure about him. Well, yesterday you were. I got I got re-upped on my contract. Yeah, you you have a new location. Uh, <laughs> you, have, you have a new location, and uh, it's not as fancy as before. It looks like there's a bed or mattress without any sheets on it behind you. Oh, I I just washed the sheets. <laughs> what did you? Because this is not your first night in the the apartment. Yeah, I, I just I mean I did laundry. You, did you sleep on the dirty the sheets? sheets the last couple nights? They're not dirty. They're just like you're supposed to do your bed sheets every two weeks. Yeah, but then you moved. Did you move the bed sheets and then they were dirty and you slept in them after? Because they they get no. dirty when you move them. Not if you live a block away and you picked them up in your arms and like literally brought them. A likely story. I just did laundry. It's not like there's no secret secret thing here. We're joined this week by Raz, who is now. <laughs> what is your official title, Raz? Uh, Academy head coach for Golden Guardians Academy. <laughs> Academy head coach for Golden Guardians Academy. That's a long yep. title. We need more Academy in there. Yeah, okay. We can find a, another way of putting an Academy. Academy like head coach for Golden Guardians Academy. All right. I'm the head coach of Golden can Guardians Can you hear Academy my cat drivers. sticking his face on my mic stand? No. We can't <laughs> even see the cat anymore. So wait, so why can't your, your webcam... So for those that don't know, Mark moved... Uh, because his land, because he didn't like his neighbor, and you were only in that other apartment for like five months, right? Yeah, we did about half the lease. Yeah, and now he's in a new place, but the new place he can't move the the camera for some reason. Oh, there we go. That works. I thought you said you couldn't do it. See, look, look at this. Oh my God, she's using the mic to scratch her. It's a yes. boy. Oh well, you know, look, I haven't been here long enough. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be increasingly so difficult to hear you, Mark, because the the mic will mic will just get pushed further and further away. I brought it back. Um, yeah. So I have a, I'm using a real setup now, using my girlfriend's. So like the mic stand works, and I I, I bought a tripod a while ago that was like a desktop tripod, uh, and it's a little stiffer uh, with like the angles, but I loosened it up. It works. I really love that. Professional content creator Mark has to use his girlfriend's setup to use quote a real setup. The other cat's trying well, to get up there too, by the way. Yeah, I saw that and trying to find him. Uh, it's it's her setup, but like, I built everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. She was like, "I want this and this and this." So I was like, "All right." So we got a printer and I set that up. You just you like, see the irony. Wait, you you got a? Did you say you got a printer? They're like, all right, yeah, we're we going to have a professional streaming setup. The first piece of equipment we need is a printer because we're going to be twi no, printing like out it. Twitch chat, the donations. It's not a streaming setup. It's like a home office-y, like, productive area gotcha. that she wanted. All right. Did you tweet? And then I was like, why? Did you tweet yet, Mark? Oh, I was trying to I was trying to have you help me with my, my, my tweet. Okay. 200 plus years of... 200 plus collective years of collective. What do we do? Yes. Are you aware of this meme, Raz? Oh. My God! Yes, I am a, a riot designer. So wait, no, no. Would you first help me fill this out? Okay. Uh, with 200 plus collective years of esports broadcast experience, we're coming to you right now. Uh, something stupider. Skype show experience. Okay. Yeah. Sure. 
200 plus episodes. So for those of you that don't know about this meme, it is actually one of my favorite memes. I want it to blow up. Please, everyone start using more of it. But uh, I mean, it's it blew up for a little bit. That video got like 300,000 views in like a week. The one of the riot devs got a message from someone who said Wukong doesn't do enough damage. And he, he replied and said, I don't know how to break it to you, but... Uh, no one on the dev team thinks Wukong doesn't have enough damage. And and the guy replied back, I think, or something, something snarky. And the guy said, yeah. like, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'll take 200 plus years of collective video game design experience over yours. Which, like, one, I get it. Like, you're using all these ideas like, yeah, we've got a team of people that know what they're doing. I know that you go into solo queue and feel like it's bad, but we've... We've got a bunch of people who do this full time, but just the way he phrased it with the 200 yes. plus years, it's just like, it's so corny. It's not it even corny. It's just dismissed. Like my biggest thing is, and I know he knows it. I know everyone else knows it is that it is literally just a, not like the balance thing is a balance. Like it's not only is it the play testing, the devs experience, but also listening to the players, right? That that is literally a balance, and they are aware of it. I think it, the discussion is literally about the fact that he was dismissive about the you know entire uh, point and experience. So let's not use Twitter. Let's not have wars on Twitter, people. And then <laughs> I, I think I mean the whole thing was just like everyone's kind of like eh, and that thread where like no one looks that good, and then fucking Forest Within comes out with the perfect video in yeah, response. Yeah, Forest Within, who, he's he's a Wukong main, right? Or Wukong one trick? No, he's, oh, he's, 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 he's a mostly a Kindred player, actually. Okay. He's a Kindred player. He's literally Forest Within. It's in the name. Travis I mean, that no could just be the jungle. Lore. No, he doesn't. Travis has no League lore. It's fine. I, I used to know League lore, and then they started retconning everything, and I was like, why do I fucking pay attention to this shit? Maybe Arcane... That's, that's true. Maybe it's Arcane will get me now. back into it, but... I can tell you about Journal of Justice plots, all right, everybody? So don't tell me, I don't know, League lore, all right? Anyway, but yeah, Forest Within, who evidently I don't have enough knowledge about to be an expert on this individual, uh, created a YouTube Excellent. video just memeing all the broken OP shit over the years that there are 200 plus years of collective design experience created. That's pretty good. Shout out to Enero en 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 in the chat. And uh, to the LaPointe, who is Nicole from EG, who I believe had a, a Twitter altercation about four weeks ago. So we're going to see if they can get along in Twitch chat. We'll find out. The show continues. Wait, where can I find this? Uh, I don't know. It was, he memed on her or something. And then he, he replied, or she replied. And then he said something nice back. It was, it was not very exciting or dramatic. Wow. Raz, how's North America treating you? Being back home. It's good. I mean, well, Canada is my home, not U.S. I said, well, North America is your home. You live in part of that, which is Canada. Fair, but it's the better part of North America. Anyway. Jesus Christ. Uh, Wait, you're living in L.A.? Come on. Uh, I mean, coming back to North America, I think the biggest change has literally just been the fact that I can communicate and not look like a complete idiot. That has been a constant when I was in China, is that I, even if I'm putting my full effort into learning the language any conversation would make me feel like a complete like numbskull like i'm yeah it's sad but uh yeah i think that one's a big one there's a lot of friends so now i'm forced to do something rather than just sitting at my home 
delivering everything. It was a pretty unhealthy unhealthy life. Oh yeah, but, just getting yeah. delivering. I I never. Yeah, I mean, like in China, you can deliver everything, like groceries, obviously clothing. Uh, it's better to do that. And so there'd be times where I'd be going out, and that's not so much of an issue. But it's like, oh, well, who are my friends? Because everyone has left. Uh, so like, uh, so that was that was something. But like coming here and obviously having not only just like my work life, but also community that I commu- consistently communicated with on Twitter and just on social media anyways, now be on the same time zone is definitely helpful. I'll turn up Raz, guys. I, I, I hear you when you say he's a little quiet, but that's fine. Uh, let me know if that fixed it. Uh, no, I mean, it's good to have you have you back here in L.A. Uh, how did how did this happen? Did you were you looking for something or did uh, GGS reach out? I guess now GG, right? No, not GGS. Uh, yeah, but well, I mean, for me, it was mostly I always treat this industry. You guys would know this very well, kind of like on a short term, like year to year basis. I always focus on having a, a safety net and a long term strategy. So. After the year, I felt pretty damn happy about my commentary and uh, how things were going for me, I guess, more personally. Um, but off-season is a demon. You never really know. I actually, like, three months before uh, Worlds, I was pretty sure that I was going to still be commentating in some fashion. But obviously, things change, and go- negotiation process goes through, and I was kind of looking through my options and found myself always wanting to be going back into coaching at some point. I mean, that was always been the case, but when I was doing LPL, I was like, well, I'm literally casting five days a week. And there were conversations of it happening six to seven days. As you guys already know, like it got changed to, um, LPL got changed to seven days a week. So I'm literally just never going to have the time. Um, It was already a challenge back then. So when I realized that I wasn't going to be going back to the LPL, um, I dove into it, asked a few questions, and I definitely... Uh, you know, saw the offer and I went straight for it. It was pretty exciting. And honestly, coming into Golden Guardians, I was really shocked at how much the scene has changed. Because back when I was coaching last time, yeah. Game House, like, you were zero Dig, resources. For those that don't yeah. know. I was on Dignitas in 2016, I believe. 2016 spring. Um, and I was like, wow, this is this is pretty ghetto. Uh, but right now, it's at least with uh, Golden Guardians, there is so many, so much more resources. Everything is incredibly developed. I'm pretty happy with the situation that I was in. I was really pleasantly surprised. What is what's it like for you stepping into Academy? Um, it's great. I mean, for me, it felt pretty natural because when I was in the LPL, I was doing uh, caster development for a lot of the you know greener people coming up. So for me, every day was more so focusing not only on myself, but on the people around me, like day-to-day goals, uh, getting trackers so people knew what they were working on and being consistent with it. And so going into Academy was really, for a lot of the players, it's the same thing because that is the focus, right? It's so much easier because the priorities are a lot more on the development rather than purely on wins. So I think it's definitely a balance, but I was pretty happy with that. It is a big challenge to being on top of the meta, though. <laughs> so, like, with uh, commentary, you can definitely just watch the teams and just, if they show something new, you can explain it away. But especially if you're doing the job, you have to be on top of it or you get burned. So that's one mm-hmm. thing that I've definitely realized. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can't you can't BS your way through <laughs> through scrims and stuff. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Mark, do you have any questions for Raz? I mean, I, this is kind of I, I don't think Raz, you've done too much content since you or interviews or whatever, so it's kind of fun to have you on the show because this is the first time I think one of the first times at least that you've been on camera and talking since you you switched roles. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of anything interesting I can ask beyond just like stuff about the game. Yeah, because I'm I'm very. It's one of those things where like every, start of every season, I, I always try and pick people's brains. Like going to the final week, like what are you guys playing? What's looking strong? What do you think the meta is going to be? But I don't think that's really good, interesting stuff for Hotline League, and especially maybe not publicly. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what are you guys going to play? Well, you could, we could ask generally general questions, right? Like, do you think that we're going to see, is the, is the game going to feel a lot different based off of what you're seeing? Like last year to this year, obviously they made a lot of changes to the map. I'm just kind of curious from that perspective. So I think a lot of people has watched the LPL and I know that the LPL has always had the uh, kind of idea that they're just a hectic region altogether. If you guys saw the most recent games, it's even worse in that <laughs> better or worse uh, depends on your viewpoint of the game. But yeah, there's always something to fight for. Second Elder, uh, second uh, Rift Herald is now a thing. So that's something you like for most teams in the, let's say, 10 to 20 minute mark, like 15 to 20 minute mark, where remember in the old meta, there is not if you, you have to be really good to push the lead that you have early on. So then, like, being able to play towards the turrets and inner turrets was something that was a, a big challenge for a lot of teams that were either poor or average. Um, now you can just play towards another neutral objective, and Dragon's a little bit better to stack now. Like, all of this means that you're more inclined to fight. And literally the first game in competitive was FPX having a huge lead, IG just stole Elder Dragon, and it just burst. <laughs> they just insta-won after that. So the games are definitely a lot more focused on fighting uh, early on. So I, I don't think the game has changed drastically on um, play style. It's not a slower game by any means. It's just more extreme, I think. By the way, your Skype has the blur background feature on, and it keeps catching it's your great. hand in the blur. So it just looks like you're flipping the camera off uh, whenever you bring it up on the side because it's just like looks like it's censored out. Uh, oh, what, no. whatever obscene gestures you're making uh by the oh, way anero's just uh shit posting in the chat right now uh I, what's it like working with anero or do you work oh, with anero's him hilarious. You guys talk i love him so like before even working with him it was always fun to have conversations with the guy because the level of sarcasm he has <laughs> and the man doesn't know fun <laughs> he's actually the same person in every environment so, like, it's super fun because he's always, like, I don't want to say he's always serious, but he's definitely somebody you can bounce ideas off of. I mean, he uh, tweeted, I think, on New Year's Eve and was like, imagine going out to celebrate New Year's Eve. <laughs> just, like, thank you. <laughs> Great, Nero. You're a real fun guy. Love to have you oh around. Oh, my God. Uh, so, kind of hopping back to your point about the game being faster or not. Yeah. I think it's interesting when people say that because a lot of times I think maybe a fan would think that when you say faster, you're meaning actual game time. Uh, but I assume you're actually meaning more like pace of like more action. Game. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Cause I think that's, that's what's interesting. I always like when there's kind of big, powerful, neutral objectives, like 
I didn't hate in season three and season four when gold gave or dragon gave gold and it just forced people to have fights at like every six minutes. Um, it sometimes it can be a little boring if that means that people don't do anything in the downtime and they just wait for all their flashes to come back up and stuff like that. But I think with the other changes to vision that have come through and stuff like that, I doubt it would be that way. So I, I like having strong objectives for like structured five V fives and things that matter. Yeah. I mean, and slowly the game has turned into that, right? Like Guttle crab existed and then they put, an insane amount of experience on it so it was a, a point that you had to contest like every aspect of the game um from season four up until this point has really pushed teams to fight um it's helped out the lpl that's for damn sure yeah <laughs> and it's making the game i think fun to watch as a viewer well i'm excited for how things get i mean obviously we're starting to see games match up start up in different regions but we'll see LCS kickoff in uh, just about a week and a half, so that'll be fun for sure. Speaking of that, uh, Mark and I were trying to figure out what to talk about on this week's episode because there's basically been no new developments in the past week, uh, even though we are doing this on Tuesday instead of Monday, uh, in part because Mark was moving. Yeah, that's what we're going to go with. Uh, yeah, so, I totally was not ready. Yeah. So thank you, Travis. You're so gracious to give me an extra day. You're welcome. Anyway... Uh, so I think we're just trying to, some of the things that we can talk about maybe are, one, we'll do open mics. So if you've got some thought or take on League of Legends esports, you know, feel free to throw it in. And if it's interesting, Mark will grab it. Uh, but, and I guess the the new season cinematic came out. That was kind of cool. We'll talk about that. Actually, really quickly, what do you guys think of the new cinematic? I kind of, I feel like it was almost a little too similar. The, Warriors. The... Yeah, okay. With like Garen and Lux and crew. Did you see you it? You feel like it was a little too similar to what? I feel like it was a little similar to last year's cinematic. Uh, what, Awaken? Oh, Awaken? Yeah. Is that the one yeah. with Lucian? No, that's Ri uh, Rise, I think. Or The Climb. The, the climb. climb is the one with Lucian. The climb, right. Last year's the one Awaken was, was the, the one, one with, with Riven and Draven fighting in the it had arena. Had uh, versus oh, Sion. Yeah. Then it had uh, Camille versus uh, Jin, which was the cool fight. So, so I liked the cinematic a lot but mm -hmm. it was interesting to me because i was like this feels kind of like the same formula they used last year where it's like good guys fighting oh no here's the bad guys looks like they might lose and then the good guys rally at the end into an epic run at each other type battle and what was very fascinating was when somebody did a post on the subreddit a thing where they took the awakened song from last year and stuck it on the warrior cinematic from this year and almost simultaneously all the musical beats match up with what you're seeing on scene on the screen which only kind of helped further my opinion so that this I, was like so very similar i think that's the the where i felt that the most was after the first chorus and it went into kind of like the sound effecty drum kind of like douche 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 and it, it's it's more it's more cinematic music than it is real music you know yeah um and those two and and i think awaken had a part like that too in it um and they felt really similar then i did like warriors more i admit that i enjoyed when the chorus came in the first time i was like oh shit this is actually really good um and i like i think i like this i think i liked it overall more than awaken uh i thought the fights looked cooler than like Aurelia just kind of looked kind of random. 
just like throwing her blades around. Yeah, but Jin like and, Lux hops up, ults the sky, Galio lands, and then like that's it. It was kind of that's well, that's that's. Do you know the lore? Yeah. Well, lore. I think originally Galio was supposed to be a poppy uh, assistant, but again, they retcon everything. So, so, so I actually really loved uh, this one because. They really fleshed out some of the characters. I'm somebody that, like, when I first started playing the game, I played, a ge like, the character that I loved, like, aesthetically and also, I guess, thematically. Uh, I just haven't read the lore up until after that video. Because yeah. after the video where they were fleshing out Silas as a character, and I was like, who the hell is Garen fighting? Why is it not, like, Noxus? Why is it Silas? I have no idea. That makes no sense to me. So then I read the lore and I was like, wow, that's actually, first of all, the lore is pretty damn good. Uh, I just won't put in the time into it because I mean, priorities and all that. Yeah. But also, I mean, it really, I think it was really strong if you know the lore. Otherwise, it's just characters fighting each other. Which is still fine. Yeah. I liked it personally. Yeah. I think where you would lose someone is when Luck shoots your ult in the sky and Galio comes down. If you don't know the lore there, that doesn't really make sense at all. Whereas at least like, the other ones, you're like, oh, people are fighting. Cool. I just, um, I, well, I could pay attention to the lore for the cinematic, but they'll retcon it in two years anyway, so then it won't even. It's good now. Back then, it was trash. Pretty I sure. disagree. It's act you, you think I it's bad? Where are my summoners? Oh yeah, of course. What, what, what are we fighting on? Huh? <laughs> What's on. the overall like? Why are we fighting? At least before there was a point. You know, summoners brought warrior. It was basically Fate Zero or Fate Stay Night, which was dope. You know, you just summon warriors from across time and history. You put them in a ring, and the summoners, for some reason, are fighting in the fields of justice, and they're they're fighting on their behalf. And now I'm like, I have no idea why anyone is in this arena. We have Jackie Collins and Brian Kibler in the Twitch chat right now. Ryan Kibler, most importantly, talking about Shiro instead of yeah. Well, no, uh, Jackie Collins, I think, gave an official. Statement from Riot, because she's a, uh, for those that don't know, Jackie does PR for the game over there. She said, Lux didn't ult the sky, she woke up Galio. Galio must yeah, be a well, heavy, she, she's a heavy sleeper. Get, she, I mean, she ulted the sky to wake up Galio, right? Because he gets awoken by magic, and she was like, PR. Right? Imagine right. if in the game, I mean, Galio could Galio only ult when somebody else uses their ult. I will say this though about us, me knowing Silas lore now, because I oh, logged into signal. live, and then suddenly Silas has a new Frailyord skin. So it was right. That was smart. Cool. That was they're smart about this. <laughs> they're yeah, like, was... you know what? Here's a skin. All right. So uh, anyway, <laughs> now that we're moving on from Hotline lore, summoners and <laughs> so so anyway, back to what we were talking about. So the the cinematic came out. Uh, and then, well, I'm looking at Reddit right now, but it's all just clips uh, of people's streams, so that doesn't oh, work. Oh, can we talk about that? I'm actually happy that's back. No, we can't talk. If you that's your stance, happy. we can't talk about it. No, we're talking about it, dude. Oh, the format it's changes got officially announced. It's funny because we talked about them so often on the show that I completely forgot that now we oh, yeah. <laughs> we officially know them. So uh, Monday Night League. So Saturday, Sunday, uh, LCS games with one Academy game after each. Uh, they're doing like a red zone type thing so you can watch multiple academy games at once because let me tell you if you weren't interested in watching one academy game just wait until you can watch random parts of multiple academy games all at once that's gonna be sick no offense to the academy coach on the call and then hey. <laughs> one day 
we're gonna have three academy games and two lcs games and the future of hotline league is uncertain right now we're hoping we can do it after those lcs games um but if not we might do it on tuesdays we're still gonna do the show i shouldn't have said something so dramatic as the future of the shows but we're not sure what the schedule is gonna be so We'll, we'll have yeah, to figure gonna, it out. We're going to wait and see. We'll have to figure it out, too. So we can talk about that. I can't wait for the callers to call in and talk about how excited they are about multiple Academy games all at once. Um, <laughs> that was, I have a bunch of callers already lined that up. That was actually... Oh, you do? Okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, But hopefully, you know, maybe if you have a strong statement, uh, Mark if, will still pull you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like we have everyone for the for the night, but I wanted to grab people as I saw them. But it was, it was hard because Greeley called me and... Uh, gave me an official brief so one one so last week at the end of the show i went on a huge rant about how frustrated i was that the schedule wasn't out and the commissioner of the league chris Greeley, was in the chat as i was doing this and what people didn't know was that i had a i i was super unsure about doing it because i'd been planning on doing it then he shows up with a chat and what i couldn't say on the show was that i had an officially embargoed call with him the next day <laughs> scheduled Wait, you're complaining with that in yeah your I'm, I'm knowing he's gonna call oh. me tomorrow in the morning i'm just hard flaming riot for not releasing the schedule yet and i had a call with him the you're next day where he was gonna officially I... brief me on the changes so i hop on the Perfect. call with him and I'm, great timing he's like yeah Good, good to talk to you, Travis. Um, and <laughs> and then they released it like Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, they released it. I mean, but still, I still think it was bad. I stand by everything I said on that show, knowing that they were going to release it later in that week. But it's funny because we had that, and then he's like, "Yeah," and then we're going to do this like Red Zone Academy thing on Fridays, and I'm like, "Great, can't wait for that, Commissioner Greeley." Um, but anyway, so we've got the uh, the schedule out. I don't know if you pulled any the calls for the that. Story is Travis. Travis is a whiner. It's true. Oh, I didn't see any. One we thing kind of, I will say talked about, about it. I don't know who's going to be casting that, but it reminds me of when I was casting in the LPL and games would be happening at the same time and you just, oh, it's like, oh, this game's done. We're hot dropping 15 minutes into the other game. Well, Mark would do uh, that on the, the cat on the desk, right? The analyst desk. Oh, did you do that? No, we wouldn't do like hop drops. In the well, games. you would do, you whenever you guys had two streams going, one game would finish, you'd be talking about oh, it. Oh, and oh, then yeah, like it it you'd talk about it for several minutes and then you'd have to be like, Okay guys, the other one is coming in. Uh the other yeah. game just finished and yeah. But you're yeah. starting from the beginning, right? Rather than just going twenty minutes into the game. Yeah, I know. So like we would catch the end of every game, um, but we wouldn't we we might miss the beginning, but we wouldn't like okay, hand the stream off to a game that was already going on. We never yeah. did that. That's fine, then. Uh, Kibler says he's going to go to a bunch of the Monday night games, so maybe they'll be popular for locals. Well, the problem is you can't buy tickets to the Monday night games. Oh, they're not open for the public? So they're they're going to do, like, special nights where they give people free tickets to come. So they'll do, like, a... They said, like, a collegiate night or a high school night or I don't know what other nights. They, they mentioned a couple... Uh, maybe it's... Washed up Magic Player Night. Yeah, Tom Martell can go then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm just playing. Frank never shows. Like he shows up know. rarely to the show, <laughs> and you're gonna just be mean to him. I, I don't know. Move right. Why am I being told to yell? Is my mic okay? Your mic's fine. It's a little quiet. It's it's quiet. It's a little quiet, but it's fine. Monday games will continue to be held in front of a live audience, but tickets are not available for public sale. Maybe that's what they mean. Maybe it's just going to be Brian and his dog in the audience. And it's technically a live audience because those people are alive and they're in the audience. So maybe that's their plan. That'd be a fun cats and dog night. Just bring your pet 
to work day. Yeah. They're running around the stage. Cats are jumping on laps when you're gaming. Get a real at home experience. All right. Well, is this good now? Yeah, it's great. It's almost been an hour. We should probably take a fucking caller. Jackie just needs to turn her volume up. Can we take a caller, right. Mark? Come on, what are you doing here? Let's get, <laughs> let's get going. All right. All right. Uh, Try to host I'm a not show here. Do the whole spiel. Join, join there. You'll figure it out. Okay. There's your spiel. I'm gonna go get someone. Really phoning it in tonight. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Couple of subs. Hive Love Shack. Thank you for the 16 months. Uh, months. X Adam X. Your boy Graph. Linoleum Bonaparte. Insulin shots. Uh, so many things for 23 months, almost two years to heal and narrow also for 23 months. Come on, get with it. Always salty with the 1500 bits and a Alistar for 15 Kylo Zen for 13. And, uh, looks like we've got our first caller. Welcome back to the show. Rico Suave. Uh, it's been a bit, I feel like it has been remind me again, where you're calling from. It's, I want to say like Midwest somewhere. No, bro. New York city. Come on. New, oh, New oh. York. That's right. I forgot. Sorry. Sorry. I apologize. I don't know why. You think Rico Suave would be from the middle why of the country? Why are you thinking he's going to be in the Midwest? Do you have a name like that in the middle of the country? Can we go five minutes on the show without mocking the host? Anyway, Rico, welcome back. What do you want to talk about? Um, I want to talk about um, how the LCS Academy team should have a limit to how many vets and imports they should have in a team. Um, one of the primary examples I want to use is um, the Dignitas Academy team. Okay, go ahead. So, um, the currently right now, the Dig Academy team, you have Larlo, Acadian, Demonte, Phoenix, and Ole. And um, the three reasons why I, I'm bringing this up is because I think that one, this is just making um, the LCS teams um, very lazy when it comes to producing NA talent. Um, having a limit will give upcoming players a chance to obtain experience. And recycling old players who aren't as good anymore does not help the league or them. So here's a, a counterpoint to you, Rico, before I let I cede the floor to our academy coach and, and Mark here. But uh, I interviewed Parth over the break whenever they were building out their roster. And I think I asked him, I, I forget how the conversation came, but maybe I asked him about his academy uh, roster. And he said one of the things that academy rosters allow you to do is have your LCS team scrim them. So he mentioned that Broken Blade really wanted a great partner uh, to scrim against in the top lane, and so that was one of the things that they tried to secure for him. Um, so it's, it, I think, and also sometimes these, these players are looked at as you know alternative options that you can sub into LCS. You can make like 10-man roster essentially with it. So I would worry about losing that opportunity to potentially make our LCS team stronger by giving them great in-house scrim partners it by switching over to uh, a lot of rookies. Can I say a point on this as well? Yeah, or does say, the... Go for it. Uh, I just, I think the entire idea of Academy, I don't like the, the name Academy personally. Um, like for instance, the LPL is not, uh, the LDL is called the League of Legends Developmental League. Developmental for me makes more sense. Because the idea of taking players who are going to be better, who are just better, they're chosen because they are better players than, let's just say, someone who is up and coming that was probably going through, um, what was the, what's the, what's it called? I'm trying to remember what you guys used to kind of get them into. Oh, scouting the grounds? Scouting like grounds? Old draft. Yeah, scouting ground. 
Like if there's a promising scouting gallant player, I'm confident that that player would find a place in the, what's it called, academy. But I think people's perception of academy is incorrect. That it's about development of those players. A lot of players in the LCS and academy, uh, you know, require that development, require the time to develop. It's on the organizations to look at some players and say, we either have faith or we don't have faith that you can move up into the main team. And it's on those organizations to make that call. For us to say, to put a hard stamp on the league and say, no, because you've been in the LCS, you cannot partake in this system, is crazy to me. And I have faith that in the example that you use, like Lorlo, if he is in a good environment, which I'm, I mean, I don't know too much about Dignitas, but I'm confident that the environment would be fine for him then he can be put in an LCS team and be and be thriving, right? It's really just as important as being in a right environment, having the right coach, being in the right frame and mentality, uh, and taking that step back. He's proven himself to be on that team. If the question is, oh, he has a larger name brand, and that's why he's there, then, I mean, that's on the organization. That's going to be obvious if they start losing for that reason. Like public opinion is going to continue to be there. And I don't think we should take a step back from that. A good example for me is like we have uh, Gorka that did really well in scouting ground, is now on the academy team, is performing quite well. And a lot of the players around him, the veteran players, are also developing in a great way. Now, my, the question I think a lot of people will have is like, what's the next step? Are they going to go into the LCS? And that's another discussion altogether because the LCS is more of an international league than it is a North American league. Uh, so I, I think that's a wider discussion. But for me, I think that Academy really is about development rather than it is, hey, let's throw more players that don't have experience onto the scene just for the sake of it. Uh, rather than having them challenge for positions with other players. By the way, I know Braz's uh, yeah. mic is popping a lot. This is what happens whenever we have people in the Twitch chat advise oh, no. our people on how to do stuff with their mic. Thanks a lot, Jackie. Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, uh, there's obviously a lot of nuance to it where you don't want, like Raz is saying, to just grab players who aren't ready for Academy and just being like, yeah, we should grab them because they're not older or they haven't played LCS before. But at the same time, you know, when you have five players who have pretty substantial LCS time, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm looking at what they're really trying to do with that. And, like, honestly, maybe it is, like you're saying, uh, like the Broken Blade situation where they want a lot of players who are competent and can scrim well and they're going to go for some 10-man rosters or something. You know, who knows if, if that's the case. Otherwise, to me, I I do wonder, like, where is the development other than just giving players a place to play because everyone's everyone wants to play, you know, if it's between grinding solo queue like Alltech had to do before getting back onto a team or playing an academy. I think pretty much everyone's going to take the paycheck. Uh, so from a player perspective, I get it. But from an org pers perspective, I don't really know what they're doing other than, like we said, a 10-man roster or maybe buying out you know, obviously somewhat valuable players to be able to flip them potentially between spring and summer. Um, you know, some of these guys like DeMonte or Lorlo, um, even Phoenix or Ole could become valuable assets to a team in summer that needs to patch up a, a hole that they have or something. But otherwise, you know, 
it's not like your situation you're talking about with Gorico, a player who hasn't played in the LCS, playing alongside veterans to make sure he's not overwhelmed or something, which is a, a, a totally super important use for, for veterans in the academy development system. You need people who can help develop those players, and oftentimes other players are that. But when you have five experienced guys who are all seemingly playing just to get their shot back into the LCS, it does feel like, and at least that's what it looks like, it feels a little weird to me. And for me, I think... Um... There are two things about it. Like I, I kind of put the owner ownership on the owners and organizations because yeah. it really is a different case for every org. Like there was the Optic case that literally was using it as a ten man roster, and then there's the Team Liquid case that are like, yeah, we're never using anyone. <laughs> like, yeah, I, they like, didn't care at all. Exactly. So like it really is on those orgs to really find a, a meaning for that system, and I think that's okay. Uh, to the point that you made is, yeah, I think. There, it always comes down to some players. Like if a player has substantial time in the LCS and then they finally get pushed down to academy, you put yourself in that player's position, it's a reality check. Because if they don't play well in academy as well, if, like if they have the same issues they had in the main team, uh, then who's ever going to take that player? Like that's a real question. Maybe there's going to be another team that's like, oh, he's a good streamer or something. But then that player is almost like, I'm not going to, like, damage goods is probably the worst words for it. But, like, that's the point, <laughs> right? That no one's going to take a chance on the player. Known, known quantity. But, like, Maybe. that's the thing. I don't think, yeah. I think that is a made-up um, problem. Because if those players perform poorly now on Dignitas or whatever, whatever team we may be sp uh, speaking about, like, even on Golden Guardians Academy, then all those players recognize that like that's a big chance for them that's a second chance and if things fail then they really don't know what's going to be next so i think people are making a big issue out of it when i do think there's real value in a developmental league yeah so I, go ahead rico sorry, sorry. Go ahead. yeah so the point i'm trying to make is um having like three slots one being an import the other one being um like you know a veteran slot and then the third one being like a flex one like you either fill it with an import or a veteran so you still have like um, what you mentioned, Raz, about um, old veteran players um, coming, helping out with the main roster, as well, as well as also have two slots where you can actually develop any talent. Well, I mean, in my opinion, I think that's just happening naturally. Um, there are quite a few teams already that have made that shot or made those chances. Um, like the SM Academy has like that new mid laner and everybody, it's basically every team has that. And also, I th I'm pretty excited personally of seeing the Australian players come into the scene mm -hmm. because that is going to make North America strong rather than just focusing on the players who are born in North America. Oh, um, I mean, citation I, needed on that one. It might make North American or NALCS stronger. Or North American yeah, stronger. but I, yeah. overall, the idea of expanding a talent pool that you have access to is something I'm in favor of, you know? Yeah. Um, the whole North American league for so long has had imports that it doesn't feel weird to have imports in Academy to me. Um, you know, people who want it to be only for North America or something, I think just need to come to grips with like the it, reality of our ecosystem compared to others. We're not Europe or whatever that has like 10 leagues for each country. And, you know, you have the French league and the, english league or whatever and the spanish league and stuff you know we don't we don't have that so let's this is how we're widening our pool so i put i go i went ahead and stuck the uh i found the wiki page for the academy league rosters for this year 
It looks like yep. the only and so that we could actually look because because your suggestion is Rico that you want to see three veterans and or import players and two Max. yeah and two rookies. But it looks like going down the line, Dig is the only one that's not doing that, right? I don't see anything yeah. where there's too many people who have been. Travis, yes. Are you looking at Golden Guardians Academy? Yeah. Okay. Well. Well, I mean, a Blaze Olive and Gorica. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Then. Yeah, I mean, like maybe. The Wait, next is that whole team is except for who he Canadian? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> team Canada, and we have a French section to the east. I just realized that. That's actually hilarious. I I noticed it as I saw all the Canadian flags, including one next to you, Rez, and then who he's the only one that's not. That's funny. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, no, no, no. I, I mean, say, I, I think probably... people would say Gorka and Blaze Olive are are fit that. Yeah, but I here's my thing. I think people are uh, quick to criticize again, right? Because to the point about a Blaze Olive who hasn't had that opportunity, and for an LCS team who should, because he's an incredible performer. Um, just because he has a track record, people are wanting new players in front of him. And I think that's all, like, no matter what sport, no matter, like, what situation you're in in a competitive environment, if someone has a track record, then someone's like, what about this new guy that has literally nothing but has all of this imaginary potential, right? I think people need to be a lot more realistic. And I'm not saying that never take a chance on the potential. I'm just making a case for Please, just because someone has any track record, let's just not thrust people above them. And I think that's what I think is a constant in not only this community, but literally any community that, it, like, I, I watch NBA and that's a conversation every time. Yeah, I think even last year, there were maybe some more standouts, I felt like, uh, of people kind of just stuffing their rosters with what feel like padding, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Uh, but I feel like looking over these quickly doesn't feel quite as extreme. Yeah, I feel uh, like it's only year. Dig that's like the the offender, which is what you, that was the one that you mentioned, Rico. But I mean, we're, are you concerned that this is a bigger problem than just the one team? Well, not a bigger problem now, but you know, solve it now before it does become a bigger problem. Because it'll be a matter of time before we have other current LCS players. You know, well, well, we don't know that. I mean, maybe, what if to... next year it's only like what if what if next split even in summer split maybe dig makes changes and then their academy team isn't it right like it could go in the other direction well, too well and also if if it's a bad idea what they're doing it should in some sense hopefully self regulate you know like let's say this is a bad idea they can't sell any of their players for any money they're not really that valuable of scrim partners and they're not developing any new talent you know that should be enough of a distance an incentive not to do that again i guess uh, yeah. for the org hopefully um, and if they are getting value out of it, then to Raz's point, the org has done something that they can at least argue was worthwhile for them. So in Twitch chat, uh, the user Neon Vina says very angrily, it feels like, why oh. does who he need to be playing support in fucking Academy when you're trying to develop future talent? Raz, would you like to address this? Yeah. Who he's actually a fucking good support. <laughs> and... I think once again, if we're talking about development, he turned into a new role as a support and no one has given him the opportunity to play in like 
actually have time on that role. So once again, I know that it, as a fan, and I'm not going to attack anybody in particular because as a fan, we Do all it. feel this way. Like, I'm just going to say, I know as a pers- in a perspective as a fan, you wonder why a player who has a track record is, you know, um, is being given an opportunity. And that's, for me, everybody who works with Uhi, uh, people who have worked with Uhi, says great things about him. I've worked and seen with uh, how he's performed as a support. Not only is he developing incredibly quickly, um, but I think he is a big positive point. And so that's another challenge to the community. If you're a fan of Golden Guardians, give him a shot. Give him a chance. Literally be patient. Watch the games. Like, that's what you should be doing. Uh, if you're not, then I don't know what to say to you. Like, uh, I would say, going back to the point that I had made originally, just because the person is a veteran, has been around in the scene, uh, there is value and you can develop. You can get better at what put you in that position to begin with. Well, hey, uh, Rico, anything you want to see on the way out as we uh, move on to the next caller? Um, shout out to Alienware. Thank you guys for letting me on and have a good night. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for shouting out the sponsor. It's always nice. All right. Uh, moving on. Next caller. You the next caller? No, we can. Yeah, we can do one more caller and then we can do the because we started okay. pretty late. So, yeah. All right. Uh, as we are moving on to the next caller, I want to give some shout out to some more subs. Thank you. First off, to everybody who's a sub. Uh, Nuko111, Rico Suave, who was just on, Kylo Zen, NA Alistar, Proximate Galaxy, Smilsap917, Case Blin, Alex Shepard gifted a sub to Raz. That was very nice of them. La- oh! Laziness, Kawi, so serious, uh, Team Corgi Mid. And it looks like we've got our next caller here, Ventus Official. Ventus, you've been on the show yes. before, right? I have, yes. A couple times, maybe. Yeah. yeah, a few. Maybe I'm just used to calling, to reading out your, uh, your name. Last time you were much, you had a different mic setup. I'm guessing. Is that possible? I yes, I did. Why is my Discord audio I had out you of whack? At, I had you at 200. percent So, so congrats on the new mic upgrade. We're learning a lot as the caller enters. You the sound call. great. Remind me. You know, I was amazing. just, I, I was so inspired from last time that I thought I had to upgrade. Great. Well, I'm glad. Hopefully, yeah. Well, anyway, what? Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, Washington D.C. area. Somehow I. I thought that was it, but I was worried I was getting you mixed up with Dr. Manhattan. Anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show? So I want to talk about how Evil Geniuses has the best branding in NALCS and possibly league history. Um, and maybe just esports. Jesus. And by, yeah. This is, this is an extreme take. In, mm-hmm. Did you say in history? Yeah, so far. Okay, the best branding in, in all that? the history Nicole, of esports. Point or whatever, pay this guy off. Yeah, Nicole's in the chat. This is clearly part of her <laughs> uh, evil genius plan. Okay, so break it down for me. Why are they the best of all time? Okay, so they have a really, really strong brand identity uh, going with the whole evil geniuses thing. They Well, one, they have a brand identity in the first place. I, I will agree that so, puts them up above 50% of the league. Yes. Um, and I think they have, their brand identity is clear. Like, if I think about TL, I feel like they have a brand identity, mainly because of, like, a legacy, kind of. But I don't really know what that, like, what they're going for. Where if Water I think of 100... Water and horse don't go together, naturally, in your brain? 
you know, ironically, you would think that, but like, no, uh, it's weird. I know. Um, but like Hundred Thieves, right? They they kind of did the same thing with EG, where they came into the league with a really strong brand identity. They told everybody what they were all about, and then when they were tenth in LCS. Weren't they ranked like fourth in team pass, even though they were losing almost every single game yeah. just because they had such a huge fan base? Such fire merch. And merch, yeah, they did have fire merch or do. Um, but so aside with having a brand identity, if you look at what the identity is, so they're like playing off the whole evil genius things. So if their players or anything like that are, I don't know, shit talking on Twitter, or starting up controversy, like light controversy. But for League, we don't have any. Um, they're just being part of their brand. Like if someone on TSM, if Bjergsen was to start shit-talking someone or anyone on TSM, I guess Dardock, but um, you would be like, oh, huh, this is, this is interesting. But if it's someone on EG, you're like, well, yeah, of course. He's on Evil Geniuses. It's part of their branding. They're supposed to, they're the evil people in League, you know? So they kind of get a free pass to start shit talking to start um having i bet their interviews will be really interesting and they uh, can like spice things up but it's okay which but i think we, yeah mark mark just say what i was about to say i, I know i, it was I think we're gonna say the same thing which is like that's great in theory but you're gonna put a mic in front of their face they're gonna do some of this light shit talking maybe or they won't even try it and then they'll like go on a losing streak and people will meme everything they just said and they'll stop. Not everything works out as well as the like Acadian we will smurf soon. Most of the time people just get shit odd. So like I think you're right that the brand does give them a little bit extra leeway, but I don't think the players will use that leeway at all. I well, I hope they do. I bet you're probably right. It's maybe maybe here and there you'll see it and it might not even be this season. But let's say if you switch TL and EG, you switch their, their rosters, right? Same staff, whatever. Uh, and Team Liquid is under the Evil Genius branding. Think about all the doors that that opens up. First, or old TSM, right? Half the league, probably more than half the league, hated TSM because they're winning so much, right? They were the villains of league. But now if Evil Genius in like the next few years it doesn't have to be this season but just any time in the future becomes a dominant team they are now the villains of league of legends and that goes exactly with their branding like the patriots or the yankees just like how tsm was or any other iconic team except for now when people are hating on them it goes in it feeds into their branding like if anytime people are like oh yeah like I'm so sick of seeing EG win, blah, blah, blah. They can, instead of being like, oh, man, like, oh, it's, you know, whatever, we have our fans. They're like, no, yes, bring in the hate because we are the evil geniuses. Like, you are feeding our brand. So I don't think of it, I don't think this season, maybe not even this year, it might be far into the future, but if they can somehow cement a dominant roster and, and start winning a lot, they're branding, like, the, the difference between a TSM or a TL winning a lot and EG winning with their branding, like they, they can do so much cool stuff with their merch. Like I feel like it's, it's just such a strong 
identity it to sounds like you're, you're the saying they have a really strong baseline to start with because like because yeah. like tsm like it literally just the name are just initials team liquid we've talked about like water and horse and stuff like that so i i get what you're saying where they come in with a strong baseline just in literally in the name yeah but all right let me let me uh yeah, I just Raz, go ahead. my big thing is i think we're so i would agree on theme team theme for sure like Toronto Raptors, Golden State Warriors, like they're, I, those are, that's a theme that you can cling on, that you can kind of see what the team is from the get-go, no matter what player is there. But then that differs from personality. Personality branding is for players and really players only. Because EG made the huge risk of having a personality branding that just depends on if the players want well, to do okay, it. Okay, well, I would dispute if, that. But wait, wait, wait. Go, go but like, if the players, like, for instance, to the point about success, like, if they're not successful and they don't talk as much, and, you know, then those issues can come in line, then, like, personality branding without the players really being the forefront of that is an issue to me. I mean, the, the, the counterpoint to that, though, is like TSM, I feel like so many people think of that brand as Reggie or Andy. Yeah. Right? Like, so it doesn't necessarily have to be the players that are pushing it. And I would actually say if like, if I was running a team, I would not push my branding as something that needs to rely on the players because players are ephemeral. Like they're here one season but, and gone the next, but, but wait a minute, Reggie was a player and it started the whole Bay life personality. Brand. Yeah. But like, like and then Noah was, was, was yeah, Immortals brand. No, yeah. Noah was what Immortals was Steve. Yeah. He was a player, but let's be honest, the whole paid by Steve things and those stuff, all, all that came out way after he was a player. That's true. It doesn't have to be a player. It can be someone there who's on the forefront that it's a person, uh, not necessarily a player. So yeah. if you don't have a person that it's out there that is willing to push that branding through content or whatever you're, you're trying to achieve, then I think it's a failure right from the get go. But I do, I love the idea that you mentioned though, which is the theme. Um, Right now, if TSM was separated from this, you know, legacy, then TSM means nothing because, like, it really started with this whole Bay Life thing, uh, and now it's the legacy that's really like a major focus, right? And Team Liquid is because they're just winning and the money, I suppose. Like, paid by Steve is a huge one. Uh, yeah, but but go on. I think I think like the the whole name of what a brand is is like a little too shallow of a take for me. Mm -hmm. Um, like the raptors does anyone fucking follow toronto raptors because they like dinosaurs i did yeah. when i was a kid <laughs> I, I never gave a shit when i was a wee a child all right i watched the celtics and i didn't even know what a, a celtic was it's celtic right. really like you know like what is that yeah, name there like the patriots no one's like oh i love minutemen and uh freedom i guess or like tea parties and trashing the british so the patriots you know like you latch onto a team for other reasons and like that comes down to content you're putting out promotional things players success stuff like that i think is way more important than like we have the title evil geniuses so like if they actually play into that like you're saying if if nicole is out there always shit talking other teams and like all their videos are kind of memeing what it's like to be an evil genius i think that does a lot more than just the name because like team liquid is a stupid horse thing but like they killed it with like the paid by steve memes even before that, they were always pushing like what content looked like in the esports space with like Breaking Point, and before that, they were the first ones to do um, like the well, they weren't the first ones. TSM did the docu series stuff too, but TL added a little bit more cinema cinematic flair to it. 
They were, I think, um, the first ones to have like a facility too, which I think also helped them. And the yeah, first Steve, Steve has yeah. always been trying to level up. And then, like, 100 Thieves, they came in and they had that kind of streetwear branding and then they went with it. And, and Nate Shot was them. like a very visible front man Dude, for the McDonald's the, yeah. story. The McDonald's story about hustling and like nothing's ever handed to you. And like the name 100 Thieves is kind of dumb and everyone kind of laughed at it. But like when, when Nate is in front of you charismatically and emphatically telling you why it's a dope name, you're kind of like, yeah, that is a dope name. You have to take everything you want and give 100 every day, you know? And I like, mean, a great example of this heist, is uh, all that stuff comes together. A great example of this is G2. Sorry, Raz, I know you went out right after. No worries. No worries. Uh, is G2. Their name started as Gamers 2 because they had a weird sponsorship <laughs> with like a random ass peripheral company that now Carlos is kind of like seemingly ashamed. To, like they, he was showing me around his offices and he's like, there's a Gamers 2 jersey up there. And you could tell that he loved having the Gamers 2 jersey up there because like, oh, look, we've been a team for this long and here's one of our jerseys. But also he hated that it said Gamers 2. <laughs> so then they shortened it to G2. They have like no name or brand, but they have, they are... They now rival and in some ways surpass Fnatic in Europe, even though they're a much younger organization, just because they've been able to, like their social voice has, like on Twitter and stuff, has been able to do so much in their it's content. Super funny. And they're memeing all the time. They're like, yeah. I remember when they did the rap video thing with like uh, Sven, I think like kissing the golden necklace. Like you, you really, you, they were able to build a really strong brand for themselves over time without the name. And I will say that it feels like EG is on, is it like in a, in a, headed in a good direction based off of what they've done so far. But so the point that I was going to make, which was like, I agree with what Mark said. And I think that like the point of what the call is kind of are about is that there are two things there. The first thing was there is the team branding, like the themes that will get people becoming a fan of them naturally. That's not tied to the players. And then there is the most important thing, which is the player branding and the personality that the players have, right, like naturally. So if EG comes in with this branding of just being like shit talkers, and then they have players that are not shit talkers, then that's not that's not a successful branding. That's not what you're going for. Cool. Uh, so yeah, they'll go on. and that's why, like to your point, like about uh, NFL, like yeah, you're right. Uh, if you are a Patriots fan, it's not about the Patriots necessarily. It's about like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Yeah. And the success around that that's incredibly important so it's about the people that are in the organization and also the theme that gets you in to begin with yeah i mean the patriots just basically became synonymous with like business like because bill belichick goes into that fucking press conference and just shits on all the reporters and and like he's all like do your job and ball and that's <laughs> like the whole culture around them now um so i, I totally agree with your point my only problem with that is that the caller says that they already have the best brand ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and have for if all he was time. Like, they have a great baseline, you know. Like I'd be like, you're right. They have a great baseline, but he, Ventus came in hot. Yeah, Ventus. Hot. What Ventus? Are you basing this only off of their league stuff? Because obviously they do stuff in other games, and like they basically were on life support as a Dota team for five years. I feel like. Hmm. <laughs> probably should have reworded it to like they have the best they definitely have the best baseline or the best theme and but i mean you know i gotta make it a hot take so um <laughs> but at least at least they're uh, being honest about it because i love it colors always come in with like a very strong thing like i think pole belter is actually the best mid laner that's ever existed in all of life you know and then and then we have a conversation. They're like, actually, I should have said during the season, the spring season of 2016, he showed 
great dominance in his lane. Um, but anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Ventus. Well, but actually, most of it was based on because I've heard of evil geniuses before in other games. I think Counter Strike. I don't really follow CS as much now. I do actually because of Hundred Thieves. I became a crossover fan. Um, Starcraft was a good one for me. It was when I discovered EG. Yeah, that was when I EG, EG I and TL Starcraft. were like the first two teams I knew when I because when I started following Starcraft, that's where they were. Mm. Starcraft um, and Dota were their big things, I think. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I never, I actually never thought, I never even thought of the branding until I saw their announcement video into the LCS, because that's when it clicked for me. Like, that's when I believed that, oh, wow, they're actually trying to lean into this. Because before, I never really, like, I didn't really think too much of it, but it seemed like, and kind of based on the interview, if I remember correctly, uh, that you did, Travis. Um, it seemed like they were trying to lean into the brand heavily yeah. and to go back to content. So I think that regardless of, well, semi, regardless of the players, I think how you frame the content is really what's important. So it based on like what, what types of videos are they, they going to do? Like, oh, maybe these are like, this player's least favorite junglers or blah 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 i don't know like necessarily what angles they want to take but i feel like even if you have a even if you have quieter players you can try to frame the content itself in a way that lends itself to the branding yeah, and like yeah you could have them you could release photos of them all doing evil geniusy things like looking at a whiteboard with like evil genius plans on it and stuff like that without needing them to go out and be like, here's my evil genius plan for how we're going to beat TSM. They suck. You know, so I, I hear you there. And also just like, what is the point of the video, right? So like if people are watching, if I go to like TSM or like 100 Thieves or a or, or C9, right? Like I, I or Golden Guardians with the anime talk or C9, they just did like the voice dubbing, right? Like all the content is framed in a specific way where for example the c9 video where they were doing english dubs of anime with the players and the players clearly are not super extroverted but that's still an interesting video because they frame the content in a way to make it interesting and i think that evil geniuses can do that and in a way to make it brand friendly for them like with their theme and since their theme is evil geniuses i bet there's I mean, like, if I hope they're paying someone for, for ideas, but like, I feel like they have a lot of potential to come up with interesting narratives or content framed in ways that aren't just like, oh, look at us do this challenge, right? Yeah. So that that's my point. Is I yes, I think that the brand itself, like the evil geniuses, the the staff and all of them, they have they're definitely gonna have to put in the work. But if they do, and it seems like they do want to lean into this, that they will, especially if they win, they'll take over the league. Like they will, their fan base will be, if, if they win two splits in a row, like I think their fan base will be rapidly crazy. So I, I'm seeing resident sleepers in the chat, which is it's not a, anything to you, caller, but it does mean we've been on this for a little bit. So I, I'll, I'll end this by saying two things. One, 
Um, I said weeks ago on the show that I thought that they're, I was really impressed with their introduction video because it was like short and sweet and to the point um, mm -hmm. and didn't, no, I guess no pun intended, and didn't have, like it, it was it was very different from what we'd seen teams do in the past where it's like, hi, I'm the team owner. Let me explain to you the story and our ethos. It just like in a very short period of time really explained to you what the organization was about. The other thing is I had a conversation at All-Stars with somebody from another team who will remain nameless who said, you know, I feel like if EG is doing all the shit talking, but if they go out and just flop, everyone will flame them. The thing is like, at least then people will be flaming them. Like how many people talk about FlyQuest when they lose? You know? Nobody. So, Snickers. So I feel like it's, there's, well, turtle. it's a good thing they got going. Anyway, uh, Ventus, anything uh, you want to say as we move on to the next caller? Uh, yes, actually. So last year, uh, my mom had cancer, and unfortunately, she passed away oh, around sorry this to time. Hear that. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Um, and it was actually this show. I would listen to this show all the time in uh, the chemo, like in the waiting room, and it really helped me get through a lot of rough times. So anytime you guys are thinking like, "Oh, you know, we're just doing Hotline League," it's like a whatever show. Like, I think that the impact that you guys have on people is probably bigger than you would expect. Hey, I, I appreciate that a lot. And it does help keep things in perspective when I'm complaining about Skype and random stuff. Yeah, like no, that. I super appreciate that. It's, it's going to make me and Mark feel very conflicted because we really enjoy that. This is just a whatever show, but now you've given us that we can't think of this as a whatever show. So, so really you've cursed us with a feeling of obligation and responsibility to try no, to make the no, show no. better. I really like, yeah, I love that because at the end of the day, Everybody at some walk of life is enjoying this and are part of a community. And I think that's something that we tend to forget often. Yeah, I mean, we can keep the style this way, but it's good to keep in mind that people are actually listening to this. No, but th <laughs> thank you, Ventus. That's really nice. And I'm sorry to yeah, hear. Thank you. But uh, yeah, thank you. No, anytime. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. Much love. Have a good one. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break to talk about <laughs> what, Mark, just the segue? Uh, it's just... Yeah, it's the segue is like heartfelt message. From I the didn't have uh, like here's the problem. I did not have a great segue. I knew I, we needed to trans transition and like how do you how do you segue? Yeah, exactly. we, we, need to, we, need, we need to do a plug. It's nine thirty already. All right, go for it. Sorry, thank you, Ventus. <laughs> but we couldn't do the show if it wasn't for our sponsors. Maybe that's a better segue. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, I'm the still other learning. people to be thinking in this equation. Still learning is... how to do this. Uh, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Uh, they've been sponsors of the show for a little bit over a year now. And I just super appreciate uh, all that. This week, we don't have it up yet, uh, but this week we're going to be giving away another Alienware monitor uh, on on Twitter. And go follow my Twitter account, at uh, Travis Gafford, and take a look, uh, keep an eye out for that. We're going to be doing that because we're going to be doing a media day over the next three days. Brett and myself will be... There and we're we actually actually here's something I can't like a very concrete thing I can thank them for. They actually helped us get a another camera and another lens. So over the past year we went from one camera to two cameras. Now we're gonna have three cameras. I don't think we need four cameras, but it's just <laughs> Raz is very excited about this conversation. You draw it in on the the growth of the camera collection. You don't even have collection. three people to hold cameras. Yeah, actually, it's a funny you say that because Broden's like, Travis, uh, we're going to need to start bringing another person when we do three camera shoots. So all, it's just nice because it it's allows us to level up the, the content and 
Um, it's kind of nice whenever you can switch. So we're, we're going to tr try bringing a three camera setup to media day and perhaps do something a little bit more polished uh, than we have done in the past. And, it, and it's things like Alienware helping us get to where we need to be that that makes all this possible. So I know that after me doing Hotline League for so many episodes and shouting them out, you know, maybe for a lot of you guys, it gets kind of lost of just like, here's the, here's this week's Alienware ad. But I just continue to say uh, that it is really incredible the support that they provide us and the things that we can do. And uh, I, I really appreciate that. And keep an eye out for the, I think in collaboration with NVIDIA, we're going to be doing that, that giveaway of a, a G-Sync monitor. So keep an eye out on Twitter. You're, if you're watching the VOD, there's a good chance it's already up, already up on my Twitter. But if not, you can check it out uh, as the week continues. Uh, so thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Mark, you want to grab our next caller? Well, he does that. You know what's another great brand in 2020? The rebranding of Golden Guardian. Oh. Boom! Yeah, just GG now, we should say. G, G. Still, and I keep catching myself Black saying gold. GGS. Uh, and it should be GG. So, uh, yeah, congratulations on the rebrand. Not that you were there before. I have no context, but it's amazing. Yeah, well, it's beautiful. glad for you. Is there any, any place where people could see the new look? I guess on your social channels, right? See yeah, go on to uh, Golden Guardian's uh, Twitter. Okay, there you go. Fantastic. Oh. And also the rebranding of Zion Spartan. All right, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> rebranding of Zion Spartan. I didn't hear anything about that. Welcome, oh. welcome to the show, Formentum. Who <laughs> <laughs> feels like it's time to enter. Sorry, I was... I'm entranced by what I appears to be an impending cat fight in the background of Mark's uh, thing. That the two cats are there, <laughs> there's a stare down. That's that's the sofa. Yeah. Honestly, the, the couch. Honestly, I love that the cats are part of the show. Yeah. We they really need. need it's so funny because we did a long time ago. People that might not be aware of this meme, but we did a tidy cats thing where we joked about if we about trying to pitch tidy cats for a sponsor, and bring them into esports. And now I just feel like. Like it's actually real. We do need a cat product sponsor because the cats are featured so predominantly <laughs> in the show. It's so cute. Tidy cats is about to hit you up in your DMs now. Yeah. And we need. I need no, to get a cat we did emote made for sure. We did a pretty serious campaign, and Tidy cats didn't give us anything. Yeah, they literally didn't even reply to the tweet. So wow. don't use Tidy cats products. I guess is what I'm getting to, unless they sponsor the show. Unless, in which case, we can all. Start using their product. We can all pitch in. Formentum, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Sumter, South Carolina. Sumter, South Carolina. Uh, but I am from Orange County. Oh, okay. So, so from nearby. Uh, yep. Yep. But uh, anyways, my uh, topic that I came in here for was I was going to talk about how I am confident that Broxa and Dardock are not at all going to be flops. And my reason being is that, <clears throat> I mean, we, we all define success by winning in League of Legends, right? And I feel like China, who is taking over, just provides such aggression. I mean, they're, they've won two worlds back to back. I really actually thought they were going to win this world, even though everybody built into like the G2 hype. I wasn't, I wasn't really built into it. Maybe it's because I kind of hate EU. I'm not going to lie. Like, I just, I, I hate the, like, I, I see the rivalry and I'm just like, I don't want them to win. But, uh, but China, China, yeah, because chat, 
uh, Travis uh, kept going against them. He was like, oh, yeah, G2 isn't going to win. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, I actually think that with Broxa and Dardock, they provide so much aggression. And I feel like all the North American teams that have won in North America uh, have had that, like, extremely aggressive player. For example, when TSM went almost undefeated, they went 17-1 and uh, in the regular season before uh, Hanser played Timo that one game. Uh, and they lost. They they had an extremely aggressive jungler through Svenskeren, extremely aggressive top laner through Hanser. Uh, Team Liquid has won with double lift so many times. I mean, this guy is super aggressive. He, it's shown so much success and how confident he is in his play. Um, I mean, other players like that. The reason why I feel like Cloud9 hasn't won in a while is also because back then like when they actually did go on their streak of winning they had extremely confident aggressive players but i feel like with dardock and broxa they're both very aggressive and confident players i just could not see the either of these two teams not being in playoffs with how good they are and i know the platforms kind of changed now so i think there's going to be like what like eight teams in playoffs now it's it's kind of summer weird. i think spring summer. is still six. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. okay that's for, oh, okay okay yeah um but i just i don't see either of these teams not making playoffs i feel like if you can focus on dardock's aggression um <clears throat> i think tsm can definitely improve because they've needed an aggressive player for a long time now ever since they got rid of svenskeren they just haven't had the same success uh, even I know Svenskeren had his lows, but they clearly had a higher success rate with Svenskeren. Every every jungler since then, I mean, I guess you can argue that Arcadian's a little aggressive, but when you think of aggressive junglers like worldwide, does Arcadian really match up to these like actually aggressive junglers? Uh, I just think that with Dardock coming in, this guy we all know he's skilled. Okay, we all know his past issues, but he has had more more of a you know he he has respected the players on tsm for such a long time well particularly bjergsen and i i feel like there's going to be a difference this time and i know everybody builds into this hype so like <laughs> i you know i i'm just going to build into it i'm really going to build into it i know it, it's, it's there's a chance it could be doomed but i really feel like dardock well it sounds like your your threshold here is you were like oh there's no way these teams don't make Playoffs. I think it'd be hard for you to find somebody who doesn't place TSM and TL, especially TL, in the top six of the league going into spring. So yeah, I mean the only people, uh, you know, on paper TSM should definitely be there. I think there is kind of that Dardock as well as new team factor that could always, you know, things just don't work out. But on paper they should definitely be there. Um, so i think the question is more than playoffs more like will tl keep winning championships and will tsm return to form where they were in the first eight lcs or 10 lcs finals mm. even every lcs final you know like yeah so can can they get back there with this roster i think even though they yeah. got there in spring but and and I understand that a lot of people are saying Brox is like a side grade to Xmithy, but I actually do believe that this guy is an upgrade and if they can make it work. Well first off they have to get him to America. America. That seems to be yeah, their I, current conundrum. I, I I did I did read about that struggle. We should be talking I, about Pole Belter in the jungle. How do you do you think Pole Belter is a side grade from Xmithy? Every jungle is gonna work out. Definitely not. I feel like Poe Belter is you know, remember when High went to jungle? Yeah, yeah. I don't We're think he joking. was amazing I mean, at jungle, but this guy. I don't think anyone has high shot. expectations for Pope since it's a last-minute uh, 
lane lane swap. But well, I hope they figure out things with Roxa. Now, as far as worlds goes, I I remember last week you guys had a caller that said that we're gonna be exactly the same at worlds. I think that with these upgrades, we will have a higher chance of making it out of groups. But but I mean, I'm just so like sad because I feel like China is just too good right now. Honestly. Well, uh, so I don't want to. I don't want to open up the world's talk yet. So I think let's just <laughs> let's focus it on Broxa yeah. and on Dardock. So one, uh, do we think TSM will be stronger with their roster going into this year, and and majority of that being Dardock? And I think mm -hmm. I think I I feel like we're gonna give. Let me predict what Raz and Mark say. Well, you know, if Dardock doesn't, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of attitude stuff in the past, but he's a good player. So if they can just work out the Dardock attitude issues, uh, TSM will be a lot stronger. That great. Now I don't need to talk. You already. There we it. go. Okay, great. So, okay, so we got that out. Is <laughs> this show's just, going kind of long? So, uh, I, I got you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to extend the topic. No, no, like, no it's fine. Anymore, but... I'll, I'll give. I'll give you my real take, uh, real quick on on both these guys. I think. I think Team Liquid will take a step back, but I don't think it'll necessarily be Brox's fault. I feel like after having two years of dominance, you know, the and they had some close calls in the last year too, where they almost lost to TSM in spring. They could have lost to C9 in summer. Uh, they, were, they were down a game, I believe it was. Um, so I think, you know, they've had some close calls, and I think whether it's due to Broxa or due to uh, just time working against them and every empire ends kind of thing at some point this year they'll, they'll they'll lose in a final or not make it or something i i think it's beginning to come to an end but like at the same time i can't say that based off anything other than feeling because on paper team liquid's still the best team yeah um i i got you i mean i i guess i i can't really disagree with that i mean i think i really think that if anybody was to overthrow it would be tsm because i just i don't see cloud nine doing too great this year so Cloud9 Sleeper is always good, and Licorice, Niski, Blabber is a pretty solid top side of the map core, in my opinion. Um, and Sven and Vulcan, they're not bad. So I, I think, you know, like, I'm kind of with you. I think they're more of a sleeper pick to do it. Um, TSM is really volatile just with, uh, one, they we, they saw, they looked really good in spring and pretty bad in summer. Or not pretty bad, but, you know, not nearly the same team in summer. I think um, they were pretty bad. I think you sure. can you can say that. Yeah, so I think it really depends on how much of a factor Kabe is uh, and if he can really be the carry that Doublelift was two years ago, or I guess at this point, three years ago, uh, that Sven never ended up being when he came in to replace him. I, I think they need that level of performance almost out of Kabe to to take down Team Liquid like without Team Liquid kind of collapsing on their own. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's it's kind of a little less on both junglers in that instance. Though you know, Dardock does have pretty high explosive playmaking potential. So. Raz, do you have a take on any of this? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a boring person. I, I always look. <laughs> Great to have you on the show, Raz. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'm always the type of person that when I look at the roster on paper, I think the only roster that I look at and say that I have high expectations for is Golden Guardians. And mostly, no, no, honestly, like Team Liquid. Uh, Team Liquid, for sure. I don't think the core of how they play the game is going to change. It's more of 
the constant discussion of is Broxa going to make them a stronger team internationally? And that's really just down to whether they can develop throughout the entire season. So I don't know. I think uh, every team is more so like a to be decided. Like the probably the easiest conversation to have is like evil geniuses that has like Sven and Jazuke, Bang, and Zazel. What the hell does that team even look like, right? People either have them really high on the tables or yeah. like as an average team. So mm-hmm. I think the only team that I'm willing to take a chance on would be Team Liquid. And then everything else is kind of, we just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's just, I feel like everybody is so afraid to build into hype because they're like, oh, they're going to let, they're going to let us down. They're going to do this. Well, I've been drinking and I really, I'm at this point, I'm like, I want to build up the height so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you crack <laughs> open your can. Travis. <laughs> oh yeah. I did crack open another can earlier, but yeah, I, I like, honestly, I've been a fan of TSM for a long time. I know Twitch chat's about to hate me for that, but like, I, I even Broxa, like, I feel like, yeah, you guys should be hyped to get Broxa, even if you think it's a side grade. Like, this could be fun. This could make the, like, just watching them more exciting. And I feel like watching TSM with Dardock is going to be super exciting. So I'm That's more true. than willing, I'm more than willing to build into the hype, even if it fails me. Because I guess I'll be sad at the end of the day if they get wrecked. But if they I win, it's going to be all the better. You're right. There's no way TSM is boring this year. Yeah. I'll give you that. No, 100%. I mean, this is, I absolutely, it's great. I love, I've, I don't need to say this too many times. So I've said it a lot, but like, I love Dardock coming back into the scene. He makes it so interesting. It's great. I have an interview with him tomorrow. Parth messaged me and he's like, Hey, can you, uh, can you be nice to him in the interview? Cause, uh, <laughs> his first interview in a while. So, uh, but I think, I think it's going to be fun. Meanwhile, by the That's way, Jack exciting. is in the chat right now talking, answering merch C9 store merch questions, which I find I'm happy that this community show could bring everyone together and allow people the chance. We, to we have a we have an affiliate thing, right? Like everyone who goes from our Twitch chat to uh, the store from Jack, we get a percent of. Right? No, we don't have that. Unfortunately, we don't take any money from teams. Oh, can we can we mute that then? Until we get affiliate <laughs> get your advertising out of here, Cloud9. Uh, either way, Formentum, thank you so much for the call. Or it's Fullmentum, sorry. Right. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh. Thank you guys so much. I'm glad to be on here. Uh. By, by the way, shout out to Steve because I honestly feel like Team Liquid has the best branding. So I'm just gonna leave that there. All right. Hope you guys have a great night. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. Uh. Mark, you want to grab the next caller? Yeah. By the way, as Mark is doing grabbing the next caller, I want to. Uh. We're gonna do a bounty. This is normally I wait for the bounties at the end of the stream, but we're starting. Uh, let's see, here we go. We're starting something called Stream Raiders, which I was testing before the start of the show. I have to change. Technically, I have to change the category of the show. I guess. Yeah, but. Travis doesn't wait when it comes down. Well, to so money. the whole way this thing Give works him money is now. No, the whole way it works is everybody like we start this game that we play with the viewers and at the end of the show, uh, we'll run the mission, but you want to go to streamcaptain.com, I believe is what it is. Yeah. Streamcaptain.com. And you can join my little match that'll be happening. We're going to run this at the end of the, the stream, uh, after, or sorry, at the end of the, the show, you go and you play and then I lead like an army of, of the Twitch chat army. Uh, together in this game and we all take on something in a mission. So hang on, I'll start the next mission and then 
and then we'll get into it. But we have a caller right now. Pipiopi, remind me where you're calling from. Uh, Sawtella National. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right around the corner. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you should yeah. give less of your... your, <laughs> your I, I, that's a very specific address. Well, I, yeah. Can't live at the actual McDonald's, so... Yeah, okay. What, <laughs> what, <laughs> give, give me... <laughs> Hello? Give me, give me your, your uh, take. Uh, yeah, so my take is... Uh, I, I, I wanted to talk about um, the fact they removed... Uh, from the LCS. Team room, sorry, we lost uh, you for a second, right? Oh, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, uh, I wanted to talk about the, the championship point system. Oh, the championship point, and, like the qualifier, the circuit point system, or not circuit, but for the system for uh, Worlds. Championship points, he said. <laughs> for the for the playoffs, yeah. I, I think that's generally a good idea, um, but I think it was pretty lazy. Um, it, my prediction is that it's going to cause some major repercussions with uh, player mentality, quality of games, specifically audience viewership, um, especially in the spring split. Um, and uh, and some, I have some points on how to kind of improve it instead of just completely removing it. Um, so I wanted to talk about that and uh, just kind of see what you guys think at first, and then I can kind of go off on my points um, if, uh, if you need me to. Yeah, I think uh, I'd like to hear him because uh, I have my own thoughts, though. All right. So yeah, I think you know every year we uh, you know we t we see the team records start to separate about two to three weeks in. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of top teams like eleven and one type of thing, Team Liquid, uh, and then there's there's people knocking on the top door. You know, nine and four. Uh, you know, there's TSM C nine usually like right on their heels, and then there's everyone else who's uh, generally stuck at like two and fourteen, six and seven. Um, so with the roof of championship points, they didn't actually add in any other in spring. So what we have now is, for, for those of you guys watching, um, there's really no other incentive other than going to MSI for spring that they have for players. So um, I just think this is, this is going to be, um, it's basically going to cause another preseason. It's going to cause, um, you know, a lot of coaches to uh, just, basically focus on summer split instead uh let's be honest like there's no cinderella story here there's half the teams in the lcs are not designed to win uh spring split that's just not going to happen um so a lot of people have been banking on these points in order to get some kind of incentive going into summer in order to make it to worlds and now you basically just have um you know best of five second seed in spring who sneezes at the last second so to speak loses the game game five and basically has nothing to show for it going into summer split so i just think it was a lazy removal of the the, the point system and um by not having incentive to win uh these bottom teams are going to basically have these coaching staff basically just focusing on summer and possibly i mean raz can maybe maybe talk about this a little bit but possibly have um academy players playing in the lcs um, towards the spring in order to just get them play time and just basically focus for worlds. So um, it's just going to make viewership just kind of a joke um, going into viewership is going to be a joke for five minutes. Can you expand on that? Is okay. it is like you think viewership is going to be bad this split? Would you say it's going to be like the worst ever? Because you say a joke, which is a strong statement. I, I think so. So Riot focused on viewership this year. Right? So they they have Friday through Monday games. Uh, they have a Monday night game. They have, you know, this the same weekend games. 
And now they're just basically making it where you're going to have one or two teams that are trying super hard to win MS or sorry, to win the spring split. And then you have maybe half the team the LCS that are focusing maybe on summer. And it's just not going to team. It's, it's just not going to average up to uh, the same goals that all the teams have to win in the past for championship points. You'd have the lower half of the LCS bracket. Maybe they can make it to playoffs. You know, maybe they can, maybe they can snag some points going into summer and maybe they can do well. But now, you know, I think the biggest misconception is that, you know, playing more league games will always translate to better play. And I think that these players sacrifice everything. They, they sacrifice, um, they sacrifice their relationships, their, their family time, they sacrifice everything. And I, I just think that if, if the best that they can do is if they lose a best of five against the best team in NA going into spring and they get nothing for it to show for summer, they're just not gonna. They're just not gonna focus on that as much. I, they're still gonna try super hard to win, but we're just not gonna see the same level of play as we see in other splits because they're really trying to get these points to focus on. Sure. So, on you, the so you don't think there's enough incentives? Uh, there's, there's just not incentives. So I think for, for viewership, I'm gonna be watching Team Liquid versus like. I'm sorry to to throw. I'm not gonna throw out any names here, but <laughs> Team Liquid towards. <laughs> somebody else that you know is not gonna you know they're, they're trying for playoffs but they're not going to be a team that is really trying to win and it's just going to be maybe they're going to throw out team omit maybe they're going to throw out you know they're going to they're going to start working on their play style for summer i don't think we're going to see can i just team get omit. in here yeah, yeah, yeah. what's going on i don't think we're do we, see, okay i don't think we're going to see team omit mid, but go ahead no no okay, that's, that's, Wait, that's, let me yeah. just let me just go right from the get-go and challenge the premise the premise that teams will not be competitive, which team do you look at right now in the LCS and say that they have no chance of winning? No, like, I... Honest I, question. But like, yeah, like the, the perspective of them that they're not going to be coming in uh, aiming to be the best. Because like, every team that I see here, um, you can make the case and you can say that they're not as good or can't be as good by the end of the spring split. But Immortals has Xmithy and Soaz. And you're like, okay, well, like, you can talk about the history of, or like the most, the recency of Soaz. But those acquisitions aren't them saying, well, we're not going to be trying for the spring split. Like, we're not aiming to try and get the chip. No, th those are big name players. Uh, I can go to 100 Thieves with Someday and uh, Cloud9 with Licorice and Sven, like CLG with uh, Crown and Ruin. Like, th all these teams have. A lot of potential and, and it really is dependent on basically the road to the playoffs because the playoffs that from L the lcs last time around literally had team liquid almost lose in both the semifinals and the finals like those like that's that was that's the reality but i don't think ppop is saying that the rosters aren't built to win he's saying that in spring people will be optimizing for things that are not first place necessarily. well yeah i think also I mean, I think he was talking about Golden Guardians. We can all agree to the only team that's... Hey! <laughs> what? I love how he started to apologize preemptively. Raz had an expression. He's like, I'm not going to say any team. Never mind. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but like, to Pipiopi's point, maybe everyone comes into the start of the season with this mindset, and then they get to exactly. week four, week five, and they're like two and eight. And it's like, okay, well, we're doomed for spring. Um, and so to his point, I can see that concern but that's assuming the absolute worst out of these teams and if you're already in the mindset that you're assuming the worst out of them which sometimes it is true i'm not saying it's it's totally wrong to assume the worst but those are teams that and those are situations that weren't ever really going to matter in summer anyways 
from my perspective. You know, like if there's a team who's eighth or seventh in spring and you're telling them their incentive is to push for playoffs to maybe get championship points to maybe seed into the first round of the gauntlet to then go lose to somebody else you know like that's me assuming the worst from this team it's not really any better of a you know proposition for what these championship points are doing if you're if you're going to just start assuming that teams don't give a shit the soonest that something isn't going to happen we also see teams experiment in spring when they start losing anyway right like it's you every split even you when see, there were championship points yeah, yeah even when there were championship points it was like halfway through you see a team oh, wow they're really struggling like 100, 100 thieves last year for instance or whatever and it's like okay well now they're gonna make some swaps with academy or they're gonna try to trade for a player like that stuff already happens i i just the other thing is it is it's gonna be hard from a team morale perspective to walk in the room and be like guys Fuck it for the next couple of weeks. Just lose some games. You know, we're going to try all this weird shit. We're going to experiment. We're going to give people, we're going to try swapping or whatever. Like, I, I think every team will try hard because it's going to be difficult on the morale situation if you don't. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think, oh, sorry, Raz, I saw your hands go up. Oh, yeah, no worries. I was just, the only point that I was going to make was that um, I think the agreeable point is the fact that there will be more for planning at the summer split because of the point that you had been making like championship point for spring i think is important and i think it's an overreaction for a lot of people that uh think that hey we shouldn't be putting value into the spring split because a lot of the times the team that gets the most championship points isn't necessarily the best team at the time and i think that context mm -hmm. a lot of the time should be fleshed out but um to the point about people taking spring split off or uh not caring near the like middle point of the springs i mean spring split i don't think that's ever going to happen uh, especially if the, there is a case where it starts happening flan the fans will know they will throw anything like fecal matter as you would already see from like reddit whenever the russian team plays without a like a real roster uh, if people know what reference i'm making so like there are case matters where that has happened the fans make a point of it and then the league steps in. I think it's more important to just wait and Ooh. let teams come out and go uh, with those decisions and then flame it when it happens. Because I literally do not think any franchise team will go into the spring split and try to not be competitive or not fix it when they're in the middle portions of the split to be competitive. So, so real quick, Jack yeah, in chat said championship points said garbage teams to worlds. There I said it. Will he name drop? Because I think there's one that everyone's thinking about. Name drop. Jack is, Dude. listen, Jack is super biased about this change. Because Jack is so happy to not have to go through the gauntlet again. Like he's, right now, Jack is just like, thank God, get get championship points out of there. Get rid of the gauntlet. He's not happy. He's, this is, Shouldn't he want the gauntlet? He's the king of the gauntlet. I mean, I, do you think that Jack enjoys going through the gauntlet every year? I know it's great, makes for great content and for drama for his team, but he, you know he's the sitting over there sweating, just being like, "Fucking please!" The first time in 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 four years, five years since C nine doesn't make worlds, first time they don't have a gauntlet. What if that happens? Then dun dun dun. Yeah, I so, don't know. So the last thing I'm going to say, boys, is I'm not saying that people aren't going to be competitive. Every single team is going to try the hardest they can to. Win. You just said that. Wait a minute. The okay, problem, continue. so continue. the problem is, is that the X factor here is that 
you always have hunger to win. And if you don't have that last little bit of hunger to win to get any kind of incentive, there's, there's, there's a subconscious kind of thing going on where you're not trying to lose the game, obviously, but every game depends on like a half a second reaction. To it, okay. it, it, starts, it starts to actually I'll, matter. I'll actually, I'll, I'll take this in another direction that I think is a better Wait, point. can I say something really quickly, though? Because I, I just sure. think it's very funny that Pipiopi went from like, like, oh, they just need that extra incentive to just push a little harder. He says that after saying, Pipiopi, you say that after saying, viewership is going to be garbage this split right like you're you're saying there's this tiny little bit that we need to get us across the finish line well that's that's where i was actually gonna go oh it's funny so you just okay i'm interested mark yeah so this is i think the actual better point is like fan perception like i don't think the points are gonna sway people too much like these teams that you're talking about losing motivation through this like slightly lacking incentive those teams sucked probably anyways you know and if they couldn't get their shit together to qualify through this eight-team summer playoff system that we're going to have now, then they were probably dog shit anyways, okay? So I don't really have any love lost for them. But I do agree about your point about how fans might perceive spring split and the concern there that they'll stop caring once they think it doesn't matter. Because for fans, you know, they're not really active participants. Perception is reality. If they think it's meaningless, they're not going to watch. Um, which I think is actually the most important point in this to why viewership would be low is not because the players don't care, but because fans can construct this narrative in their head that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. I want to piggyback off that and just say that I think playoff bracket, the way they've changed it, like having a double, like these things for me, empower the games and make them more meaningful. And then this spring split, a lot of the times regular season in any sport can drag on feel meaningless until the playoffs themselves. If you take the championship points away from it, you better have something like in like an international event um i think i think so one and uh, so like i agree with that two things jack and after gauntlet, I'll just, last point gauntlet is hype as hell gauntlet is so hype like, as hell yeah. i'm sad it won't exist yeah. jack and chat backtracked after saying he wouldn't name which teams were sent to worlds and he said fine i'll say it clg and 100t sent garbage teams to worlds five points so there you go and then Here, someone right. someone uh take a little screenshot of that and put it on twitter for some retweets <laughs> Or no, and no, no, use CLG the clip. At, at clip, 100 Thieves. clip this, please, so that we can at least get some impressions off of this thing. Um, no, but the, the counterpoint to what you guys are saying is, like, you guys never hyped championship points in Spring Split on the broadcast. It was never like, well, golly gee, this third and fourth place match. But, like, to the extent that even last year, you took, I shouldn't say you, but Riot took third <laughs> and fourth place. I mean, it was you whenever you were talking about hyping, but in this, yeah. The riot removed the third and fourth place match from the spring split, and the the most thing or the biggest thing that happened was like the fans were a little disappointed that they only got one match to watch in person. It wasn't like, but where's the drama for who gets higher ranking and points with between third and fourth? Like I just don't feel like fans ever perceived spring split as like this battle for points in the same way that like we all like to pretend that it was. It it always felt like who's gonna win, who's going to MSI, yeah, I mean, and that's we, gonna we be there. We tried to hype points a little bit, but it's always it always felt weird to spend significant time on that when, oh, by the way, this other team just beat them. You, yeah. you know, like the team that gets knocked out in six, it's like, great, you got, I think it was like 10 championship points, which is not very hyped to begin with. And then like, by the way, we also need to talk about the fact that they just lost and there's this other team that just won. And so like, it always feels hard to talk about championship points in a hype way 
My you know God, they just lost and yeah. got a, a bunch. Dana yeah. in the chat, Dana, a former GM of C9, now GM over at uh, GG, says most players and staff don't even remember off the top of their head how many points they got for spring. So, like, that's just, it's just a testament to how ultimately inconsequential that was. Who's yeah. tapping? Raz. Raz, don't tap. Oh, we lost him. His mic is completely out. And instead we're getting these painful... Oh, he's oh. back. There's definitely a short what? in your cable. It's fine. Yeah, what? when you lean forward, it was doomed. We're almost don't done. Worry. Sorry, what were you going to say, Raz? And then let's let's wrap up the call. Um, I was just about to make a small critique to North America in general and make the comparison to LPL where uh, the, the games that get the large stadium is the gauntlet series and the finals and the third and fourth place matches in the usual like uh, studio. And then in North America, I like I think the most hype series are usually that. And then so, yeah, I agree. Um, I think the gauntlet, I mean, the championship point math is like a fun discussion for the third, fourth place match. And then the gauntlet should just be left as it is because it's amazing. Yeah. Well, right. And I think I think that's ultimately where I agree with Pipiopi the most is like it's a fun for the most part. It's a fun extra thing to add some stuff to the league. And to his point, it's not there anymore. You know, me and, and and crumbs can't sit there and say, oh, well, at least they got this many points. So now when they need to do this to get this thing to happen, you know, it's just viewership in the trash can without those points or moments. I mean, yeah, P-P-O-P. I don't want to overstate how important it is. But... <laughs> do you think you want to say as we move on to the next caller? Um, so I the last part of my call, I actually wanted to just really quickly, like one minute. I just wanted to say. Uh, you know, I, I did, the whole point of my call was actually to say that I, I didn't want championship points to be the same as they were. I just wanted to say how they defined the first, second, third world seed. Um, and I just wanted to say just really quick, I want the first world seed to be the team that wins summer split. That's not going to change. Um, but I want the second world seed to be the team that places second in summer split. Uh, but only if they contain more championship points than the third seed. And you can only redeem championship points if you placed in the top four in spring, as well as the top four in summer. So incentivize the top four players, or sorry, the top four teams um, in summer and also spring. If the third place team also actually has higher championship points than the second place team somehow, then they have to play one more best of five after the summer finals going into Worlds to play one more best of five to determine if the second and third seed should be swapped. I think consistency and knowledge of your opponent are the two uh, best things that you need to have going into Worlds. If you can beat the third place team in the summer, but you lose to them again in a rematch, sure. it's possible you should not be the second. I, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I just, I think also sometimes you need to, uh, a format that's at least simple enough to explain to the fans. And I think like it, when you start getting into those mind games of like. Oh, this team placed here, but then here they need this to this. I just think it can get a little complicated. And I think at a certain He's point, trying time, to make like, TSM go to Worlds. This is literally what's happening here. We need to construct a system for TSM. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah, I tried. All right. Thanks, guys. Love you, brother. always goes. I love you. He's trying to construct the system. You got to stop them while they're hot, Travis. Uh, by the way, we're still doing our stream raiders bounty right now, and right now we have uh, how many people? Oh, my uh, my browser just refreshed. 
We have, I think, uh, 27 people in, in this. If you want to join up on our big fight that we're going to do at the end of the the show, go to streamcaptain.com, I believe it was. I'm going to put it in the chat. Um, and if you are competing or you are doing this, uh, you know, I think every five minutes you can add more units to the board. So do that. Anyway, we've got Sweet Gums here. Hi, hi Rez. we got Sweet Gums here. Sweet Gums, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Newark, New Jersey, home of the Jersey Devils and Dignitas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, welcome. I, that I think that Dignitas, the home of Dignitas, maybe the original home of Dignitas was somewhere in the UK, but now they're, oh, they're well, there. Oh, now. Yeah, now they're in Jersey. Yeah. Are you a Dig fan? I'm not. <laughs> God, no. Okay. Okay. Well, you, you, you proudly uh, lauded their location in your city, so it's funny that you're not a, a fan of them, but... What do you, what do you want to talk about on the show? Well, I'm just calling in to say that um, the LCS can benefit from a point-based system similar to something that uh, Formula One uses, where LCS and Academy are rewarded points based on wins. You know, to incentivize investing in Academy talent, and it's perfect that you know Raz is here, so it's cool. This is the second time this week somebody's tried to make a Formula One comparison with LCS, or no, sorry, with esports, because this week. And I've, I literally never talked about Formula One, but this week I was talking about how uh, atrocious the schedule is for Overwatch League, where you have to travel a shit ton, if, if, depending on the teams. Yeah. And somebody was like, well, in F1, they have to travel a lot. Um, can you can you give a rough idea, Sweetums, of how this Formula One idea would be applied to League, just so we can, can, can get into it a little bit? Right. So um, basically in Formula One, they reward points to teams based on race standing. So each season has two championships going at the same time, one for teams and one for drivers. Right. So each team has two drivers, uh, similarly to how the LCS does it with the academy team and the main roster. And uh, based on where those drivers are placed in the race, they're giving points. At the end of the season, each team adds up both drivers points and the team with the most points wins. Um, the Constructors Championship, which is basically like the team championship. And the driver with the most points wins the driver's championships. So I think that um, because LCS orgs effectively have two teams, it, there's an issue where one of them has stakes. The LCS team you know, is fighting to go to Worlds, MSI, and um, the Academy teams are just fighting for nothing. There's no stakes. But I feel like adding a point-based system, uh, maybe giving a certain amount of points to every win that the LCS team gets and every win that the Academy team gets, I feel like, um, you, but can, this would just be, this would almost be like a rookie of the year type award. It sounds like, cause it's not like there's no, any no, kind no. of tournament. He's trying to make my LCS team lose. If I lose is what's happening now. Like at the end of the year, at the end of the year, the team with uh, the most points, you take uh, both the LCS team and the Academy team's points. And uh, the team with the most points at the end of the year gets a prize incentive. Cause that's the only way I can see. Oh, like, like uh, money, not, yes, not correct. worlds or anything. This does not have anything to no, do with kind no. of worlds. So, so for example, uh, cloud nine, right? They're a team that constantly makes it to finals and yet they don't win anything. Right. And um, their LCS team, however, performs really well every single You mean their split, academy team? Single, their, oh, their academy team. Yes, yes. Every single split, every single year, their academy team you know, performs well. So maybe they don't win spring, they don't win summer, but they accumulate enough points for their LCS team and academy team that at the end of the year, they're um, the org of the year or something, and they win a prize trophy and money i'm actually super behind this this sounds cool yeah 
And it would give I, people I, a reason to look at Academy too, because you could check exactly. it like on the on the broadcast, you could be like, All right, well, Golden Guardians LCS team continues to be shit. But that Academy team is killing it. They're climbing up the rankings. You know, Coach Raz is making it happen. It's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were leading into like, and then that team will go to Worlds. Or like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's like, what I oh, thought no, he was no. going to say. Because like, again, in F1, Let's they go. have two championships going on at the same time. One for the drivers and one for the teams. So this system would be uh, one for, you know, the split, the spring split, the summer split stays the same. Uh, Academy championships is the same. However, at the end of the year, an org is you know presented with that prize so this is will, completely separate i will say this i think an end of a year award is a great idea uh, like a red carpet event something that will grab the viewer's attention because it happens in the lpl and it's you're talking about an award show this is separate yeah but like i just think that ha ha awards in general should be well we've got the gafford esports awards that are happening this sunday uh wonderful one it's Brad self self-congratulation yeah but my so point is, I just don't think, like, that's not the purpose of Academy. I, I think people look at Academy and say, like, no, they should be winning games, or they should have the most competitive, or they should have all new players. I was like... Okay, but if the yeah. purpose is not to win and for it to have a legitimate competition, then why are we even broadcasting well, these games in the first place? Well, no, okay. <laughs> that It's not... You're putting out extremes here. It's either extremely competitive and it matters and that's where you win, like... Well, but he's not I, suggesting I, I, something, yeah. like, Sweetgums is not suggesting an incredible... It's just a prize incentive. It's not like it... Yeah, the prize. Right, like, I like, think that's in, fine. In, in that's theory, fine. you can't make the incentive so much that it's worth putting money into Academy solely for winning, right? Exactly. Because if you put in, like, $200,000 or something, which doesn't sound that extreme, and I know based off Academy salaries, it's really not that crazy amount... But that's still enough that people would maybe sign a better player to maybe win if they were close to winning or something, if they thought they had a really good academy team. But if it's like an extra $50,000 to the org and a cute trophy and like a little ceremony yeah. thing, or I, yeah, you know, I, I don't see why not. Because that, that shouldn't be enough to make people really change their approach to yeah, like academy. That. That's not significant enough, I wouldn't think. And then you could, you could do a... Uh... You could do some sort of, you could even get the viewers involved in this by creating some sort of system, like a pick'em type system or something where it's really simple. You get some sort of incentive or IP or, or blue essence or whatever. If you, if you pick the right team that you think has like cohesively the best Academy roster and LCS roster or something. I think there's a lot of cool stuff you could do right, with this. Right, right. Dude, sweet comes most of the ideas that for people that call into the show are garbage but this one is hate. awesome like i've actually yeah, no i spent a lot of time thinking about this after watching the um netflix show the, which uh, the f1 f1 netflix yeah show? The, the formula one show that they had uh, i think last year drive to survive got me into f1 and i really liked the format that they were using so i figured you know that's something that lee can benefit from yeah and he just gave me a good recommendation on netflix all right this guy Yes, sir. What can't he do? Sweet gums killing <laughs> it tonight. No, I mean, I think this is really good. And I wonder if it's the type of thing where it, I hope it can transcend this call and become a bit of a conversation. I wonder if, well, I think I'm interviewing. So, so I think we're having a Greeley on either. He's either going to be on hotline league or I'm going to interview him. I'm talking to them um, about trying to schedule something with him over the next couple of weeks. So uh, if he calls in a hotline league, sweet gums, you should totally call in and uh and have the conversation with him about it because i think it'd be fun to see you pitch this to him directly well yeah, i also like yeah. it because it sorry to cut you off 
I was gonna say I like it because it's so simple. You know, like it doesn't take any extra like planning or scheduling or anything. It's just like let's just slap some numbers together and out pops a number that hopefully makes everything a little bit more interesting. Yeah, and I think that's that's exactly the kind of stuff that that is cheap and easy to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for the call, Sweetums. Anything you want to say before we uh, end the show? Uh, yeah, I just want to shout out Dardock. Uh, good luck, bro. I believe in you. Very good. Well, thank you so much. That's a real fan right there. All right. Uh, Mark, you have anything you want to shout out here? Plug at the end? Wait, that's the end? Yeah, that's our last caller. Oh. Yeah, they, we, we usually show in the show around 10. We're a little bit uh, late because we started late. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, there was one other guy, but he, he did DC. I don't know what happened to him. Go ahead, though, Mark. Uh, what do you want to shout uh, out? No shout outs. Well, I'll shout it for you. Mark is going to be oh. at the Gafford Esports Awards this Sunday. You can see him on air. Rez, if you want to go, you're welcome to. We've got extra slots in the audience, if you so you can message. Wait, me. where is this? Are you? What the hell? It's uh, isn't this Mid Wilshire? Um, it's in LA. Okay. I sh I I recorded something with Jat today. Jat, not Jack. Jat, Jat. Okay. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. But it would be very nice if I could just say what it is because it's not that cool. You're a great hype man. Jackie and, and Whipley in the chat being said that I'm not inviting to this. If the people that are coming will be on the stream. So if you if you riot folks want to be on air during this, then that's fine. But uh yeah. Okay, so you record something with chat. Is that the only thing you're gonna say? Yeah, it should be out this week, he said, towards the end of this week. Okay. Raz? Hats off to Golden Guardians. And it's rebranding. 2020 is going to be an amazing year. 14 days in, already a success. So, yeah, that's, that's it for me. Uh, for me, this Sunday, 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 5.30 p.m. Pacific, we're going to go live uh, on this channel with the Gafford Esports Awards. We're working on them right now. You're going to see some some guest appearances. I've already leaked Mark is going to be one of them. Raz, if he decides to come hang out, I know he's not very social, but uh, maybe... I'm coming. You are coming. You just have to invite me. You don't, you just, just sprung this on me. I, I mean, we talked about this. I, we, you and I had a conversation in Berlin where you're like, I like to stay in. You're, it, that is true. You flamed an arrow, but you're at heart, you're also in an arrow. Um, <laughs> that is true. We're all an arrow at heart. Anyway, there can so only be one an arrow in a room. The gaffies will be happening. Uh, we did it last year. It's it is the most legit League of Legends award show in North America, um, and I, it's it's very fun. So go check it out. Um, can I have one last statement out there? Yeah. Yes, sir. I've been watching. I've been reading the Reddit and Twitter comments. All those people saying, you know. Or at least using the number 10 for one reason or another. Oh, 10th place. I've saved it. I've bookmarked it. I will come for you in a month. So time. when Golden Guardians gets ninth, he's going he's gonna to drag you. For predicting 9, 10th. 10? It's coming. Uh, My timeline will be hate. I'll probably give you a pretty good clip next week when I do power rankings. So get ready to clip that one too.
I, Mark's placing so you guys. So help me tell. God, Mark, if we're going to be in the same room and you don't say anything favorably. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll release it after the gaffies. All right. Uh, <laughs> so everybody stay tuned for the gaffies this Sunday uh, at 530 Pacific. We're going to go live. There's, it's going to be fun. We're going to be doing some really stupid stuff. Uh, that's the show. Thanks to Raz for making time for this. So we, we, I had to track him down today um, and he was able to make it. So I really appreciate that's it. True. Um, stick around. I'm going to finish this bounty up and then, uh, and then that'll be the show. But thanks. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. See you next week.